Welcome back to What's the Point of the Midrash, the weekly podcast where we take a look at a rabbinic text and offer suggestions to answer the question, what's the point of the Midrash? My name is Rabbi Josh Uter, and this week for Parsha Ta'azinu, uh, we have a verse that I referenced a couple of weeks ago regarding uh, studying Torah. I think we did it in Parshat Nitzavim, where this verse from Devarim 32.47 says, Ki lo davar reikhu mikem, this is no empty thing for you, ki hu because this is your life. Uvedavar yamim through it you will endure in the land that you are to possess upon crossing the Jordan. And on this verse, I'd like to cite two midrashim, oddly enough, not from Devarim Rabbah, uh, because while what I'm about to teach does appear in Midrash Rabbah in other places, it does not appear in Devarim Rabbah for some reason. Consider it one of the quirk, uh, quirks of the Midrash, Midrashic anthologies, that it doesn't contain all information in terms of how it was compiled and what gets what got put in and what didn't get put in. I cannot answer those questions. All I can tell you is what Midrashim we find on this verse. Uh, what I'm actually going to cite is from Yushalmi in Masechet Peya, first chapter, where Rav Mana says, Ki lo davar this is no trifling or empty thing for you. Ve'imhu reik mikemhu. And if it is empty, it's because of you. Lama why she'ain atem yigi'im Torah because you did not engage in Torah. And for the second half of the statement, kihu chayechem, because it is your life, ematayhu chayechem, when is it your life? Kishe atem yigi'imbo, when you are engaged in Torah. And a couple of weeks ago, we put this in the context with Nitzavim about how it's not just a matter of uh, Torah just being there, but you have to put in the effort in order to obtain it. Here, there's a sense of this is uh, more criticizing the attitude of substance, which is if you study or do Torah, if Torah for you is something that is empty, that's not Torah's fault, that's on you. The imhu reik mikemhu. If it's this trifling or empty thing, it's on you because you're not engaged in it. And this could come across as a bit of a tautology in a way, where, you know, is there any intrinsic meaning to it? Well, I would say yes, but also I've been brought up in that way. For someone who isn't or for someone who doesn't have any meaning with it, any meaning behind it or substance is going to depend on who's ever engaged in it. And if you approach Torah with the assumption that this is God's teaching, you may not understand everything, uh, you may not appreciate every detail at every moment of your life, but it wouldn't be rake. It would not be empty or completely devoid of meaning because simply having this statement or these words from God is going to have an intrinsic significance. Now, if you don't buy into it, is that the Torah's fault? No, it's you happen not to believe it. So if someone comes up and says, none of this does anything for me, it's not the burden of the Torah to make itself meaningful to other people. It's for people to find the meaning in it. And this comes up sometimes, you know, students will approach that, yeah, this doesn't mean anything. It's like, okay, like we may be able to work with that or not and try to have people find some meaning. But ultimately, you don't want to have the significance of Torah that's conditional on people as much as people being conditioned on the significance of Torah. 
And that Torah is sacred in and of itself by virtue of it coming from God. On kind of a related note on this verse, we find in uh, Sifrei Devarim on Akev, chapter 48, and even though the Sifrei is normally a halachic midrash, where more of, most of the teachings there are very practical related to Jewish law, uh, we do find some homiletical or interpretive statements there. And one of them is on... Dvarim Deuteronomy eleven twenty two Kiim Shamortish Marunat Kolam Mitzvahazot Asher Anuchimatzavet Hemla Asota that if you guard and keep all of these mitzvot that I give to you these days to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to cleave to him. Here the Sifrei teaches Shema Tomar Hareni Lamad Parashakashe. Uh, lest someone say, I'm going to learn this hard chapter, and I'm going to set aside this easy one, therefore we learn, it is no empty thing for you. Those things that you say are empty, those are actually your life. So here, it's not just someone who says the entire Torah is empty. This is even just a fragment of Torah. It's someone who wants to engage in Torah, but is one who says, I'm going to study this, but eh, not really that. And even for someone who's engaged in Torah, it's very easy for people to be dismissive of certain passages of Torah because eh, there's not, it's not interesting. It's not really up for me. And rather, you know, I'm going to study some other things. This doesn't mean that a person can't have certain preferences over what to study. You have Rav Yehuda Nasi teaches in Avodah 19a that a person only can study what his heart desires. But there's a difference saying, here's something that I enjoy learning and saying, well, this stuff that's here, this is empty, or this part is meaningless, and this part is unworthy. Or in the context here is like, no, only the difficult stuff is important. Other stuff is too basic, and you don't treat it with the same sort of reverence. And I think this too is the other side of the same coin, where people can pass judgments over what's important and what's not important based on what their perceptions of what they think happens to be, which again is different than saying, I enjoy studying, let's say, this aspect of halacha, I don't enjoy this other aspect, so I'm not going to study it, versus saying, I'm going to study this because this is meaningful, but I'm not going to study that because that isn't meaningful. And once you start doing that, you start sort of picking out the significance of importance of, well, this is the crucial part of the Torah, and that's not the crucial part of the Torah. And you find a bunch of other statements in rabbinic literature that push against this thought of trying to rank the importance of of things in the Torah, because once you start doing that, it's very easy to set aside part of the Torah in favor of something else. Something that we have in Torah is lo tosefa lava lo tigra mimenu. You don't add and you don't subtract from it. It is a complete unit. And if you really believe that all of this comes from God, it's not up to you to start ranking, well, okay, this is going to be more significant and that's going to be less significant. And I don't mean in terms of things like punishments, because we do rank certain uh, commandments by their severity in terms of what the punishment uh, might be. That there's a very big difference in saying, we're going to acknowledge one, something might be more severe than the other, such that when there's a conflict, we may prioritize one over the other, versus dismissing something out of hand in its entirety. 
this too is treating part of Torah as rake, as like, eh, it's not such a huge deal. But again, if you approach Torah as these are commandments coming from God, it's not up to us to sort of rank, well, this is going to be more significant to the point where we can ignore or dismiss that which we don't like or that which doesn't speak to us. Because if we do that, that's really on us. That's not on the Torah. That's Mikhem. My thoughts on this Midrash are two Midrashic statements, but I'd love to hear yours. Please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at jayuter. You can find me on Facebook or send me an email via my website, www.joshuter.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and a wonderful Shabbat. Mm-hmm.